Hello, welcome to Late Night We Stand Podcast in association with Bet Fred. Fred Doan opened his first shop in Salford in 1967 and currently sponsors the United We Stand podcast. We're at Old Trafford, it's a lovely spring evening and Manchester United are one point away from qualifying for the Champions League next season. It feels good, um, obviously not where Manchester United aspire to be, but nevertheless, I don't think we could have expected any more with the situation we were in 12 months ago. Speaking of such a dire situation, I am going to catch up with Chelsea's um, CFC UK fans in. Um, they are the only away fans, actually, that sell a fanzine at Old Trafford. Um, and they always do it on Sir Matt Busby Way. So, you know, he's a, he's a great bloke and he's done it for many, many years. So I'm looking forward to having a chat with him. After the game, I'll talk to the lads um, about, hopefully, a victory, which will see us secure that spot. Um, and obviously we've fought ahead already to the FA Cup final against Manchester City. I hope you enjoy listening. Cheers. With me, I've got Dave from CFC UK Fanzine. Hello Dave, thanks for agreeing to come on the podcast. No, wor- no yeah. worries, Andy Mitten's a long-time pal of mine and um, it's a really good fanzine that yeah. you do. Well done, lads. Yeah. Tell us how long you've been going for. 24 years. Four with years. CFC UK, I was with the Chelsea Independent before that. So... Uh, tough at the bottom still not at the top yet but uh, we're going to keep going nothing's going to stop the same as you lads so tell us a bit about your relationship with Chelsea as a club has that been the same all along or how how many links do you have there Uh, used to have more when Mr Abramovich was there Um, I'm pals with a few of the players Frank Lampard John Terry Joe Cole Uh, I know uh, Cesares Pelicueta Ruben Loftus-Cheek, I was with um, Mason Mount uh, the other week, but um, this lot we've got now, they're not um, they're not as um, accessible as the, um, the previous lot. Do you think that's a, a conscious effort by the club to reduce that, or do you think it's um, just a, a sign of, obviously with Frank Lampard and John Terry, you probably have players that were a bit more connected to supporters. Is it is it just that, or is it the club? You got it in one. It's yeah. um, a lot of the players there don't know enough about the club, don't know the club's history. Lampard, Terry, Joe Coles, your Didier Drogba's, they love the supporters. The supporters loved them, and um, there was a bond between them. But unfortunately, a lot of the players we've got now. They seem to be there for the payday and nothing else. You know, they, we've got a few walk past the kids instead of stopping and giving an autograph. Yeah, you had um, a very successful youth team for many years and some of those have been on the periphery but not quite made the break. Is that a regret? Would you like to see them given more of a chance? Well, if it was up to me, um, no disrespect to any of the players we've brought in, I'd love... Um, 11 players in the first team who come through the academy and a lot of the academy kids we've left we've let go are making it big at other clubs now i don't know why they bother having an academy if they're going to let them go and um spend millions on um getting new players in is there any standout names there any in particular what who's made it out levi colwell uh, ian matson um burnley's done well you know, there's a, there's a few. We've got a, my main concern is trying to keep hold of Mason Mount. To be honest with you, the kid's on he's on a fifth wages wise of what some of the new players are on, and it's it, it's a shocker. He's been there since he was six. He absolutely loves the club. Wanted a deal. He'd have got it under Mr. Abramovich, but um, 
the current owners we've got now, they're um, penny pinching when it comes to the footballers. As a supporter, those type of players, you know that have come through the system and sort of understand um, the fans a bit more than the others. They're pretty, um, what's the word, pretty indispensable, aren't they? Yeah, 100%. They've got an affinity with the supporters. The supporters love them. There's nothing better than um, seeing a homegrown player come through. I mean, you lot had it, the class of 92. That must have been absolutely brilliant seeing six or seven players who come through United's academy making it winning European Cups, Leagues, FA Cups and all the rest of it. That's what we'd like to see at Chelsea. And, you know, to be honest, if we had 11 academy kids in the first team and we didn't win anything for three or four or five years, it wouldn't bother me. It wouldn't bother the likes of my pals either. We ain't glory hunters. We're we're there to follow our team through thick and thin. And, um, you know, we'd rather see 11 homegrown players giving 100% than seeing five or six Lionel Messi's or Ronaldo's who give seven, six or seven percent and then, you know, on an ordinary game and then, you know, nine and a half, ten, uh, out of ten performances when it's a big game. Just before we dig into this season and obviously your ownership, um, just wanted to come on to uh, more historic um, things. What's your favourite memory of Old Trafford? Oh, God. I've seen Chelsea win a few times up here, to yeah. be fair. Um, it's famous offside goal scored by Didier Drogba. That yeah. was a good one. We've always used to get a good result up here. It didn't. Um, it's never bothered us coming up here. I can remember back in the day, and I'm giving the age away now. And Bill Garner scored, and we won one nil. And, um, what year was that then? Ish. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was yeah. about that big then. <laughs> uh, um, you know, that was in the um, in the days before um, the ground all changed and. Um, uh, it was funny, really. It's the first time I come up here, and um, we're in the um, in the away end, scoreboard scoreboard end, and um, suddenly I've just heard um, sounded like thousands of people all running towards us. It's a trick that them lads used to do. They used to like stamp their feet on the uh, on <laughs> yeah. the uh, wooden um, floors. Fans, uh, and, uh, wooden stage. Yeah, um. yeah. Wouldn't stand, yeah. Yeah, and uh, everyone's like, oh, turned round, they're charging at us. But um, yeah, I've been up here a few times. I like it up here. It's, um, it's all right. Sell the fans in here every year, no problem. And um, I'm just saying to uh, John, I said to Andy on the phone a minute ago, good luck to you lot in the FA Cup final. I hope you win it. Yeah, yeah, God, yeah. I'm, I'm, um, I am pretty nervous about that, to be honest. But we won't go there um, today because we, we've got um, we've got a big game um, sealing a point for Champions League football next season which brings us quite nicely onto your season because you know as an outsider looking in um, the the new ownership Chelsea have really struggled there haven't they? They have yeah I've got to say um, the way the British government treated Mr Abramovich was absolutely appalling you know it's like he, he you know it was like he was driving it he was in a tank driving over the Ukrainian border himself he wasn't he was trying to stop it the British government they, um, they didn't mind taking all that tax money off him. They didn't mind him paying all the workers during furlough. They didn't mind him looking after all the NH, NHS staff and putting them up in his hotels. They didn't <coughs> mind him uh, putting £20 million into um, um, a Holocaust memorial at the Imperial War Museum. But as soon as they think, you know, he's had his photograph taken with Mr. Bramovich, he's the, um, he's the devil incarnate. 
Yeah, it's um, a bit of a strange one, that, because I always find, you know, you look at the Newcastle um, takeover as well. You know, I, I saw um, something today around Saudi Arabia and being the fourth um, fourth worst nation in terms of slave, modern slavery. You know, that, that kind of thing, it seems like what, what is actually this fit and proper person's test, because it doesn't seem to exist, does it? I'll be fair. Well, they've got a... You, you, you know, it's not the... Um, it's not the supporters' fault, but they, they're owned by a club who's got um, yeah, indisputable, indisputable links with the Saudi government. You know, a Saudi government who kills a journalist because um, they don't like what he's saying. It's absolutely shocking. How, you know, how they managed to get in there, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if money changed yeah. hands. I'm not going to say any, any name, any names, just in case I get sued. But... Um, <laughs> You know, yeah. it's uh, something yeah. ain't right somewhere. No, and just an interesting one from my part because, you know, I get opposition fans talking about the Glazers a lot, like pointing to their transfer spend. And in many ways, it's similar um, to Chelsea where it's being spent, but it's not being spent with any plan. And that, you know, for some reason, other football fans seem to think that that excuses everything, like the good owners, because they give money. But if they're not appointing the right people and not making the right decision or they're interfering in the wrong way, that makes them just as bad as owners that you know, take out of the club as well. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I, I can't say... I'm not going to start slagging off the owners, but to be fair, I don't think they quite know what they're doing. You know, you've heard all these um, stories about um, uh, Todd Bowley taking players into um, the dressing room before the game. There was one out the other week. He took people into the dressing room at half time to meet the players with some kids. Although, you know, um, the manager's going to start, oh, hang on, yeah, just stop this team talk. We've got to introduce each other. Absolutely crazy. They're clueless, to be fair. It ain't American football. It ain't baseball. It's European. It's English football. And we've got a way of doing it over here. That unfortunately, it seems that um, the Americans don't understand. Aston Villa's got American owners. They haven't done too bad. But, you know, to be fair, I'm not sure out of Manchester United and Chelsea Football Club who's got the worst or who's got the best out of them yeah and the one thing that was one thing that really struck me about the Super League because when I like thought about you know these um, owners trying to do this they mu- it, it said to me that not just that they were trying it on and you know trying to derive more money out of the game but the fact that they thought supporters would go for that at all you know, it was, ne- it was never going to be the case, was it? And that's um, something really interesting to me. It's like they don't understand the difference between an English football supporter in terms of tribalism and all kinds of things and then the American football's, you know, supporters that are, are generally just about, you know, just about, you know, ownership and that sort of thing and, you know, going, going to watch a spectacle. There was, there's such a difference, isn't there? 100 percent um i'm proud to say that i was down at stanford bridge when we held that protest against the super league and Chelsea, yeah you know that was under mr abramovich's watch but they've seen the protest take taken note and decided that night all right we, we we won't go into it but the trouble with it is whilst uefa came out against the super league they're trying to create a super league through the back door yeah and um yeah. you know it's fifa versus uefa at the expense of ordinary grassroots supporters like me and you. Yeah, yeah and you know, I, you're not going to have any sympathy with those um, Manchester City fans who are going to um, 
to Turkey, to Istanbul for the final. But charging people, you know, five and four hundred quid for a ticket just because it's a final. What's up? You know, they should be looking after the people who go week in, week out, win, lose or draw. And they don't. It's all about a dollar. Yeah, if any police are listening, I wasn't at the Old Trafford protest at all. I wasn't anywhere near the place. So, so yeah. no. Give us a score prediction for today then. And secondly, are Chelsea going to bounce back next season? Uh, score prediction tonight is going to be Chelsea nil. And um, I'm not sure we will bounce back. But um, as we say at Stanford Bridge, win or lose up the Blues. And I'll always love them. And thanks to thank you, Frank Lampard, for stepping in to a job three quarters of the way through the season that no one else would have done and um, I'll always love him so it's been a bit of um, uh, I I think it's been a shame for him hasn't it because I mean even somebody that doesn't support Chelsea you know he always admired his sort of um, you know timeliness no timelessness yes timelessness you know the amount of appearances he played for Chelsea always fit always ready to play you know, and it's, it is a bit of a shame that it's gone the way it has with him, hasn't it? Well, unfortunately, um, you know, the the, the player this season, um, the players, like every like every footballer in every team, he's going to be playing for the next manager. You know, um, as soon as um, um, the next manager comes in, uh, if it is Pochettino. They'll, you know, they'll start giving 100%, but, um, you know, why should they bother for Frank Lampard? He's, he, you know, this is his last, his last away game. Last game is on Sunday. I'm broken-hearted for him. He's one of the he's one of the greatest players Chelsea Football Club's ever had. He's one of the nicest people ever to play for Chelsea Football Club. He's looked after me. He's looked after my family. He's looked after a lot of people at Chelsea Football Club. And um, he deserves better. Yeah, and just on that as well, I think... You know, the, my, my last thought of him as well is, is that he could just go and sit on the telly and have an easy life, couldn't he? And he, he doesn't. He loves Chelsea Football Club. Came to us from West Ham, fell in love with us, and um, he's Chelsea through and through now. He lives um, ten minutes walk away from Stamford Bridge. He absolutely loves us, and you know these results that they've been that the team's been getting are absolutely killing him and um, you know for people like me our arts go out to him Um, you know whatever he does we'll always love him we're getting his um, we're getting his banner out on um, Sunday for for the last game I do the banners at um, the Matthew Arden end yeah oh um, that's right yeah so we're getting his out we'll always love him he can do what he wants Frank Lampard yeah thanks a lot mate anyway and um, you're going selling your fanzine on Matt Busby way now aren't you it's post match after Manchester United have beat Chelsea by four goals to one with me I've got John Ashton Stu Edwards and James Young I'll start with James um, you tend to be the most optimistic and these two look a bit miserable so um, James what do you think of the game bit, are, you t- yeah. are you taking the piss when you say that or are you genuinely, no, genu- are you genuinely yeah, yeah. so right. we thought we've beat Chelsea 4-1 what have you got to say about it um, I was really impressed especially in the second half I saw a lot of people complaining and going oh you know Chelsea are looking like you know they're going to take loads of chances this is a team that have been table this season that, that are never really going to threaten and I never really thought they would they had loads of chances that's what they've done this season they looked like they were going to score but they weren't going to and that's the problem they've had this season whereby they can get themselves in those situations but similar to United last season under Ragnick they just didn't have the confidence to put those chances away and even when United were 1-2-0 up when they were having those chances in the first half I didn't for one second think they were going to take any of them because they're just bereft of any sort of confidence. And what about United? 
second half I thought were brilliant, um, especially Casemiro again pretty much ran the, the pitch. I mean, when Ganacho came on, made a massive difference and again, it, it just felt really comfortable in the second half. And what United have done, what I enjoyed today, was that before when they were going 1-2 a lot, like they were sitting back, they were allowing teams to almost just push on them for no reason whereas today they finished Chelsea off and by the time it was 3-0 Chelsea just pretty much collapsed and it could have easily been 5 or 6 to be honest it, it wasn't one of those games where United necessarily had loads and loads of chances but the way that Chelsea collapsed I thought United could have just steamrolled them because every time they got the ball in the counter-attack especially when Chelsea were pushing players forward it was be 6-7-0 this every every time it looked like a clear opportunity for United to score on the counter side Stuart I've got a feeling Stuart um, got a feeling you're a bit glass half empty here because um, it was a bit of a strange game in the in the fact that it was so open you know but what you know we've scored four goals and we beat Chelsea 4-1 we have scored four yeah. goals but to go against what James said we could have been we couldn't have complained if at half time if it, if it was 4-2 against and it's okay saying they had chances and they didn't take them, but unfortunately in 10 days' time, if we give the same amount of chances to that lot, we'll be in trouble, won't we? So, poor finishing. Chelsea found, you know, found the, the space, found, you know, and we should have definitely scored at least two or three. So, like I said, we should, we should have been losing by half-time. The fact that we got two goals and one on a stroke of half-time because of, like, six minutes injury time was a bit of a, you know, bit, bit of a false result, result really, come half-time. Second half exploded. It was just mental, wasn't it? Once we got the penalty and it all kicked off, it, it, the atmosphere was just a bit crazy, really. They, they lost their heads. and uh, So, yeah, second half, we played better. But, again, the game was done by then. They were never really going to come back from 2 or 3 nil down, were they? Um, we'd have took that before the game, obviously. But, unlike yourselves, I, did, I didn't see their goal. So, we've won 4-0, apparently. John, um, I've got a feeling you're going to be in between the two as well. Yeah, 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 you know me. I'm set on the fence. Um it was one of them games in the, in the first half. I don't think we played particularly well. I honestly was looking at that game thinking if I was up front for Chelsea today, I'd have scored twice. I honestly reckon I wouldn't. But, but United were kind of the opposite of the way we have been lately, where we've played quite well and not took our chances, where today we took pretty much every chance we, we, we actually had. Um, I thought Chelsea were awful. Um, that's the first time United have scored four in the league as well under Tanag. Uh, a lot of fact fans there. But um, no, I, th I think that kind of game's been coming where we had a game where maybe we rolled our luck a little bit and took our chances because there's been a lot of games where we've won 1-0, drew one all, lost 1-0 where we've not had that sort of game where today I think we had a, that bit of luck, the chances fell in our favour, they missed some half-decent chances and, and we took ours but it, it, it had a bit of an end-of-season feel to it I thought in the sense that you know they were, both teams were going going gung-go a little bit um, and in fairness like I said I reckon I'd beat, I reckon I'd beat a Frank Lampard team in my five I, I think the manager wanted an open game today I think he was more than comfortable with that and the one thing that I wanted to come on to though is, is the past three weeks um, what's really concerned me and what we're going to have to change for the final is those like three on threes four on fours we're so poor with them aren't we it, it, and it, it, I mean like there was one I think there was even a four on one at one yeah. point that Martial sort of miscontrolled and went to the keeper you know, we're going to have to convert them, aren't we, against it? Yeah, and for me, the obvious one is that he simply can't play Casemiro, Bruno and Ericsson from the start. Now, the obvious the obvious one to, to drop would be Ericsson probably, but for me, Fred or McTominay have got, it's got to play in that game. It's just, and especially for home, I don't think Ericsson's been great away from home. You, you, could, you could argue no one has really this season in, in those sort of like seven or eight games in particular in, in, of the top teams we've lost against. See, I disagree because um, I think those three have to play. I also think he has to have another midfielder in there, and instead of going with like the four-three-three he normally plays, play the way Solskjaer used to. The way to beat Sitter, you, you can't outpass him. 
you've got to you've got to beat them on a long ball well, to get to get too fast this forward, season. Too fast I mean, forwards out wide. That's what Ten Hag four did. Man, four man midfield and too fast And especially when Galacho came on in that game, and we saw it a bit today, the way that he basically just runs at people. You're gonna you can't play them at their own game, and we saw actually. When United played away at City this season, they tried doing that and they got destroyed because yeah. they've just got the the players that just you know exactly. I think we all agree that 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 midfield two of Casemiro and Eriksen definitely won't work in that game. No, no, and obviously tonight looks like Anthony's out. Certainly, you you think looking at you know what's happened, you think he's out the final, so that takes away one of your pacey players. And I don't think I don't I don't think anybody deep down probably wants Ganacho to start the game. He's he's certainly an impact player, isn't he? And again, he's done it tonight and just caused mayhem really, uh, and done really well. So you don't want him starting. So with that, then like you said, John, about the pace, Rashford's one, but. Are you relying on Sancho to play on the right? I, just, I still think yeah. I need to keep banging the soul charge on, which I always seem to, but he had better luck against him than any other man he's ever done. And he always plays the same way. He'll play four central midfielders in a diamond and two split forwards. And it always seems to work against him. You're not going to go toe-to-toe against him. That's no. the way to play. That was basically- the, only, the only time he managed to actually get anything out of Pogba was in those games because he managed to play him in, in that sort of diamond. And I think yeah, yeah, and I think that's what you've got to do, especially with, with Fernandes. You, you saw it almost today <laughs> when he was dropping deep. You can't really let him do that. He's got to be able to play in that sort of just behind the two strikers to be able to, to in that role. He can't be doing what he does normally, which is dropping deep and almost having to do too much work because of the other players in that midfield. Yeah, um, next person I want to come on to is Jaden Sancho. I was quite impressed with his performance tonight. I thought there's a lot more aggression in his running, um, you know, a lot more willingness to try and take players on. I was quite impressed tonight, I was, and maybe you know that's a sign of things to come. Hopefully, I actually, I, I do, I, I totally agree with that. Yet around me, it seemed com- the complete opposite. He was get, he was getting a lot of grief throughout the game, but I thought he showed a lot more. He was, he was getting stuck in, uh, running a lot more. So yeah, certainly his best game in certainly the last couple of months. So I, I didn't, I didn't get all the grief. He was getting sort of like where, where I sit. Was, I, I looked at people and thought, you know, what are you looking at? Um, Martial certainly offered less in terms of running and putting a shift in tonight okay, he got his goal again but you know I thought Sancho good performance oh, if he can do the same on Saturday because he's going to potentially he's going to be crucial now if Anthony's missing he's, gonna, he's, he's probably going to start the game uh, up front with Rashford maybe John is that fair or I think when you set the bar so low though sometimes you can easily impress people with half decent forms rather than brilliant ones no, I thought it was alright um, thought he improved as the game went on you see a bit more of what he's about I'm still not convinced by him. I thought it was I thought it was one of his better performances. He, he did really well for Martial's goal, but um, for, again for me, still he wouldn't be in my thinking for the cup final team. One no, bit. He's got to be doing that every week. That's the difference. And I think the consistency with Sancho this season has been the problem. And that's all well and good playing like that against a team like Chelsea with mid-table and don't really have anything to play for. But he needs to push on from this. And this is the problem you've you've got with him. Is that he'll have a game like this every once every once a couple of months, and you're thinking, right, okay. Now's the time to push on. He just hasn't done it enough for me to prove himself. I think I said a couple of months ago, you know, almost right this season off. You know, whatever's happened in his personal life and off the pitch, <clears throat> almost right this season off. Stay fit. Have a, you know, have a, again a, a, an injury-free pre-season. Come back in August and next next season he's got to perform, hasn't he? Next season's a big season for him. It's hard not to look forward to the cup final um, in everything we talk about, really. But what would you do um, with the centre halves? I don't really know what else you could do. Um, Keep Lindelof I, th- in them. I think if Shaw is obviously, Shaw's obviously an option when you put Shaw in there, but I think you lose something from your fullbacks when you when you move Shaw inside there. I don't think you get the same thing going forward that you do get from him. Um, I think he's a better option. He, he's done well in the games he's played. I think we've beat Barcelona with him in there, we beat Citroen in there. So 
Lindelof's done okay, but again today I think we got exposed a lot of times today. And I don't know if that was just the team not quite switched on because, you know, it's maybe not as important a game. Um, it's more important for me is that protection in front of the back four. Yeah. Because because Casemiro I, can't do it on his own. And I don't think he's got any choice but to go with Lindelof and Varane yeah. presuming they both stay fit on but Sunday. But with Fred and Casemiro, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I can't really argue with that, to be honest. I think, like we've seen this season, especially in, in games like this, when you've got players like Casemiro in there and, and um, you know, even maybe uh, Varane, if, if he manages to, to stay fit, um, they've just got that big game experience. And I think when United have got to major finals before, the reason they won the League Cup this season, I think, is because when they've got those players that can just push them through, that have been in those games before. And I think the reason why United lost that Europa League final is because they just didn't have enough winners on the pitch. And now I think especially just these one or two in that starting lineup, like Casemiro or Varane, that know how to win those big matches. It just makes such a massive difference. Um, lastly, I just wanted to come on to um, Chelsea before the usual um, man of the matches and things. Um, I mean, is that that's a warning, isn't it? That you know you can get new owners, and all of a sudden, even with an owner with cash on the hip, <coughs> your football club can be ripped apart within 12 months. No, totally, yeah. What did what, how many players have they bought last year? I can't remember. 20, 20 odd players was it? And spent well, six, think, 600 million. Right then, what you're yeah. saying, this is the difference between the Qatari <coughs> owner, who I think will come in and think it's like his little plaything, <coughs> and someone who's a bit more of a businessman who's going to leave it to the right people in charge. I mean. It's one of them, isn't it? Like you don't, not. I don't think any options like an ideal option. So you, you literally got to go into the point of who you think's going to be the we're, best. We're probably realistically three or four players short, aren't we? You maybe five at a push, but you know you're probably not going to buy five in the summer. Um, but you, you definitely need three and three in it. You know we're losing a couple you, of players. You have as to well. trust the manager and the new team they've put yeah. in place, which has done well this year. In fairness, you know the, the, the recruitment's yeah. been good. He doesn't obviously take any crap, he gets people out easily enough. You've got to carry on with that kind of formula. What you don't want is someone who comes in and then suddenly goes, oh, I've got loads of money, let's go and Neymar, let's go and sign Mech. You know, that is, is, yeah. you're going to get your nowhere. Uh, what, what in, what's um, I found interesting um, last year was all of his signings tend to be either players he knew or players that were absolutely proven. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how he goes, how he goes and who he goes after. Well, it's interesting because... When I, when I was on pre-season, I saw the United players and it was the first time that they looked like a collective compared to last season. And as soon as Ronaldo came back into the team, that's when it began to unravel again. And it was like, you can't go for players like that, that United are just going to rely upon, like a Neymar or someone like that. The reason why it fell apart under Solskjaer was Ronaldo in the end. And he reverted at the beginning to those signings that Ten Hag began with. And I think once you go back to just signing big names for the sake of it, I mean, look at PSG, the amount of money they've got, the players they've got, the squad that they've got. They've still not won the Champions League. They're reverting back. They're getting worse. And they've probably got one of the best squads in Europe. Probably give City stick for their cheating, but they don't sign players that any any other club couldn't have signed. You know, you're looking at players like Alvarez for 15 million, Akanji for whatever they've signed for, Gundogan 20 odd million. You know, any other football club could have run them. So, all right. Having all that money and fudging your books can work one way or another, but allegedly, allegedly, yeah, sorry. Um, but <laughs> it, it's still got to be. You've still got to have the right people in there. You've still got to run it the right way. Do you yeah. know what I mean? You've still got to have the right people in there and know that it's not all. City could afford to go out and get Messi and Mbappe, but they know it won't work. But, but, and they've gone the about la- things <clears throat> the right way. Yeah, the last player I wanted would want here in August is Neymar. Yeah. Uh, Study right now. And I know I've banged the Kane drum for three or four years now, but if we sign Kane next yeah, week yeah, yeah. and either Declan Rice or someone like De Jong, I'd, I'd be happy with that. Those two, and that's only two additions, and maybe men, you know, a couple of younger players coming through. You, 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 you know, you always want hungry players coming through don't you so whether that's from you challenge for the league with Harry in that team yeah for, so whether that's from the academy or some young, young players from elsewhere <laughs> you probably do need to freshen it up but though, those two signings are key certainly obviously the, I'm not the, having the striker that United could have ever signed Julian Alvarez for 
40 well, million quid. Rang it, rang it, yeah. Well, 14 no million chance. in the box. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Signed Haaland for 4 million. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, well, that might have been true, yeah. but he was un- largely unknown then, weren't he? Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's go um, round for Man of the Matches then. Uh, he's probably been named the United We Stand Man of the Match most times this season. It's uh, Casemiro. I just said Bruno then. Um, yeah, I thought Fernandez right, but yeah, you've got to go with Casemiro. It's a hat trick today. I think especially for that assist that he did, he just got that certain flair about him whilst also being able to win tackles. And he's just an all-round midfielder, which I think United have missed especially. I love to disagree with you lads, but I think it's a full house tonight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Was it a blind pass he did? Yeah, yeah. I've not seen it. Yeah. Incredible. And um, so, what are your plans for the final, Stuart? Uh, in and out. Driving. <laughs> Mates driving, <clears throat> taking my lad. So. Yeah, so we'll stay for the uh, lifting of a cup, obviously, and then get away. Yeah. I'm not privileged to sell you these cameras on me. Bean picks up on a slip road in uh, Eccles again. Oh, again? Again. Well, yeah. again. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but it's easier because... You didn't mean tonight, it was the cup final. <laughs> no, I've, I'm, I'm on the United We Stand monkey bus. Um, I've been searching and searching for a better offer for weeks, um, but I can't find one, so I am on the United We Stand uh, monkey bus, which will be an interesting day, long one, um, but definitely interesting. Boys, last yeah. time I, was on that, so. I don't think I am. No, we've got full anyway. Last time yeah. <laughs> no, cheers, lads, <coughs> and thanks to everybody that bought the mag. Um, it's flying at the moment. We're really appreciated. We really appreciate all the support, and for everybody that buys it, um, both online, um, part of a postal subscription, and at the game, it's really appreciated. Thank you.